You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. Hey guys, welcome to episode 1218 of Hillbilly Shorts. Hey everybody. Tracy, I found this article that's fatal freak accidents that befell people in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, And gosh. I'm going to argue there is never a good time or a right time for a, a fatal freak accident. No, there's not. But let's just say hypothetically, there were. A PE teacher caught an up-close look at the business end of a javelin. <gasps> oh. There are fewer more deadly pieces of sports equipment than the javelin. The track and field object is long, heavy, and sharp. That's what she said. So stories of it causing injury from time to time are not that surprising. Death by javelin, however, is a bit more difficult to achieve. That is, unless the javelin passes through the last place that you would ever want it to on your body. No, not there. Get your mind out of the gutter. I didn't make that part up, is what it says. Oh, well, I'm sure. A PE teacher in Liverpool, England, got an extreme close-up of a javelin in 1999, and it ultimately took his life. Walking to retrieve the object, which was lodged in the ground and standing upright, the 41-year-old John Desporo lost his footing and fell on the pole, which jammed right into his eye socket. Desborough passed away after a month-long coma stemming from the accident. That is not how I thought that was going to happen. I thought he was somebody threw it, and he somehow was in a way. That's awful that he fell on that thing. Oh my lord, have mercy! That poor guy. That's why they tell you never run towards a javelin in the ground with your eye out. I've heard it a thousand times. That's why. I kind of. Oh my lord! Wow, that's just horrible. Here's one: a flying fire hydrant nailed a man in the head. Would a car hit it, and then what happened? Slow down, baby bird. I'll feed you. Mm -hmm. In 2007, an Oakland, California man was enjoying a casual stroll with his wife when he met his untimely end in what authorities would later describe as a million-to-one chance. 24-year-old Umberto Hernandez was walking down the sidewalk when suddenly an SUV struck a fire hydrant behind him. The impact of the collision dislodged the 200-pound iron object and sent it hurling through the air right into the back of Hernandez's head. Oh, my gosh. Wow. The tremendously heavy fire hydrant was traveling with such velocity that it ricocheted off the man, went through a fence, and landed 20 feet away. Hernandez tragically died at the scene. Well, I bet he did. I had no clue that those things weighed that much. I don't think I did either. I mean, it's like it didn't actually take his head off. Probably. Oh. I'm sure it did a share of damage. I'm sorry, sir. A football fan got hit by a flying lawnmower. In December 1979, 20-year-old football fan John Bowen met his end due to a halftime exhibition gone horribly wrong. Sitting in the lower stands of Shea Stadium, Bowen was taking in a halftime show that involved a demonstration with various novelty-shaped remote-control aircraft, similar to modern drones. One such plane was a 40-pound swirling piece of metal in the shape of a lawnmower. The pilot lost control of this uniquely not-aerodynamic object, sending it hurling into the stands. 
on the receiving end of this object, this flying grass-cutting nightmare, was Bowen, who was struck in the head and later died from an accident that witnesses described as similar to being attacked by an axe. Why would they let people do that for in the first place? Uh, that's just people not thinking. The, whoever was in charge of that setup was not thinking that anything like that could possibly go wrong instead of thinking worst case scenario. Oh my gosh, these are horrible. <laughs> a novelty beard brought a death that was weird. Hmm, I once knew of a fake mustache that was thrown in the trash. Don't try to outdo the person talking. It was 12 years ago today, if I must say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it says... <laughs> Inside joke. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> Lamentably, really long beards have become a fashionable facial accessory. But the story of Hans Steninger would provide a cautionary tale that may have rustic types reaching for their Gillettes. Steininger, or Steininger, I think it says, who lived in Braunau and in Austria, was a bit of a local celebrity in the 1500s for shaving his, for, sha or for having the longest recorded beard in history. Typically, he kept his beard rolled up in a leather pouch as it naturally got in the way of everyday tasks. But one day, he neglected to do so. And while fleeing from a house fire, he tripped on his beard and snapped his neck, dying instantaneously. For the avid fans of the historic facial hair, and who among us isn't, Steininger's 447-year-old beard is kept on display at the Braunau Am Inn Town Museum. I mean, I guess it's like, you're not going to be needing this anymore. Might as well put it in a museum. Just think, if he'd put that up like he always did, he'd probably still be alive 500 years ago. Yeah, but he wouldn't be alive now, so. Oh, man, that's a freaky thing for sure. Yeah, these, are, these stories are, like, unbelievable. Well, luckily, you're done for today. But there's more tomorrow. Oh, yay. All right, love you guys. Bye. Hey guys, welcome to episode 1219 of Hillbilly Shorts. Hey everybody. So we got more of these uh, inopportune freaky accident deaths. A famous dancer was done in by her own scarf. <laughs> oh, this is actually the name I know. Isadora Duncan was an American expatriate living in uh, Paris, France, who in 1927 met a breathtakingly tragic demise. A San Francisco native. Duncan had gone to the French city, then the cultural capital of the world, to further her career as a dancer. Her eccentric bohemian style of choreography garnered praise, and she earned fame throughout Europe. A devoted communist, Duncan frequently donned a very long red scarf to show her support for the party. On September evening, while visiting the city of Nice, However, that accessory would claim her life in an unthinkable automobile accident. Riding as a passenger in her newly purchased convertible sports car, her scarf got caught in the vehicle's wheel well, which ripped her from the vehicle and threw her to the pavement, killing her instantly. 
That's a strong-ass scarf. Uh, how long was this daggone thing? Well, I mean, it don't have to be very long if you're in the driver's side and it goes down and gets caught in the wheel well right underneath of you. That is crazy. Because I didn't think that was where you were going with that at all. None of these are where I thought. I thought it was going to somehow happen while she was dancing. And that is the freakiest crap I've ever heard. She didn't even get to enjoy her new car either. How about a man shot a cactus and landed in a prickly peril? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the saguaro is a species of cactus that can grow to be an imposing 70 feet in height. Imagine a 70-foot-tall cactus. No, I didn't know they got that big. These statuesque green monuments dot the American Southwest, and while they sport some rather prickly needles, they aren't generally perceived as deadly in an ecosystem that also boasts rattlesnakes and scorpions. In 1982, however, one Arizona man found it in a hard way that a cigarro can claim one's life in the desert just the same. David Grundman and a friend were exploring the desert near Lake Pleasant one afternoon, where likely, in a fit of boredom, the two were looking for things to shoot with a shotgun. The cigarros, 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 I don't know. The cigarros of the area made apt targets for the would-be marksmen. Their first victim, a mere ten-footer, it went down with ease. It was the second, however, a 27-foot cactus that fought back. After blasting the cigarro from just a few yards out, a large, heavy arm fell on Grunman and crushed him to death, proving yet again that Mother Nature always wins. Well, how much does that daggone thing weigh? Uh, apparently enough. Well... That was probably mom getting revenge from him shooting her son, the 10-foot cactus. And she's like, take that, biatch. That might be the stupidest thing you've ever said on this show. (laughs) 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 And they were relatives. It could have been its son. That is stupid. That is so dope. Why you got to shoot at a cactus in the first I place? I don't know anything about his mom, but I heard his dad was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. A woman was killed by a slippery floor and an open dishwasher. An open dishwasher. And a slippery floor. Oh, well, that'll I can ne- believe that. That'll never happen here. Ah, uh, the valuable you, kitchen you exit. had better stop. That valuable kitchen asset that we all know and love, the dishwasher. Say what you want about printing press or penicillin, but the advent of the dishwasher might be mankind's greatest achievement. Think about its disadvantages of doing dishes by hands. I don't mind doing dishes by hand. You get gross, wet food on you. Your hands get crinkly and waterlogged. Not if you wear gloves. It takes way too long. And there's several other things we could go on. How come when you stay in like the water too long, your fingers and your toes the only thing get pruny? I know, isn't it crazy? They get what? Pruny. Oh, I don't know. With all that in mind, the dishwasher is truly a beautiful machine. That is until that machine acquires a taste for blood. <laughs> in May 2003, a UK woman died in a truly bizarre kitchen accident. 31-year-old Jane McDonald was visiting a friend and milling around in her kitchen. Probably more like nosing around. She lost her balance and slipped on a wet floor. Unfortunately for McDonald, her fall was broken 
by an open dishwasher door. Washer door that yeah. had several knives in it. Oh! Pointing upward. <gasps> she was stabbed on impact, and though she was rushed to a nearby hospital, she died shortly after. Lord have mercy, that's crazy. Wait, why are... I'm, wait. I'm trying to think, too. Why would they why? be like that? Yeah, why would they be like that? Because they should be the, Number one, they should be pointed down, the and they should be pointed down, not all the points up at the top. Does not... They don't know... How Maybe on this what. particular one... Like the first drawer that you pull out, the bottom row, maybe the knives and stuff sit in there up like that instead oh, well, of like long ways had, in the door. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the basket and then they go up. Now, see, that's what, when you don't know good manners, that's not the word I'm trying to use no. by putting. Dishwasher etiquette. Etiquette. That's, that's the for. daggone word. Put your freaking knives down. Why do you want to take a chance on sticking your hand in there and poking yourself? Oh, that's a terrible story. They've all are terrible. These stories. are all terrible. You better learn to be putting them knives down in the dishwasher, son. Whatever. I always put. The, I put my stuff. No, I put mine up. Mm-hmm. I and what did up. Alex tell you about that? Alex told you not to do that. What does he know about it? Well, he knows more than you, apparently. Apparently not. Uh. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's it for today. But I got some more for tomorrow. Good lord. Hey guys, if you like what you just heard. We do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode, and then a story that's just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories, or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com, and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.